Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis, right off the top, letting you know we are going to have uh, a fade college football NFL gambling special as we do every week with my friend Kelly Stewart. That will be up tomorrow. I'm going to give you all my gambling picks for college football right now. The Outkick six-pack is either up or will be up soon. We got a lot to dive into New house speaker has been selected, Bud Light, desperate to try to be relevant again, and so they are in the process of trying to get uh, hooked up with the UFC. Unbelievable protests at George Washington University. A ton of New Yorkers have moved, and like I said, the college football gambling picks. I am a little bit better dressed than normal. Uh, I've got a little bit different backdrop than normal. You may recognize that because I'm going to go on Fox News with Martha McCollum scheduled to as soon as I finish this show today. I'll be on, by the way, with Charlie Arnault and the new Outkick AM show tomorrow morning. You guys should be able to enjoy that. And as I am every Wednesday, I'll be on with Chad Withrow and Jonathan Hutton here in about an hour as well. What does that add up to? Like six different shows. Your boy's always working. Let's roll right to it. All right, time to make some money. Uh, These are my 11 winners for college football. Oklahoma. Remember when everybody was fired up, including, believe it or not, your boy, uh, I thought that the decision to go with Brent Venables to lose Lincoln Riley was going to set Oklahoma back just in time for their return to the SEC or their joining of the SEC. I was wrong. I think most people out there right now, if they had to make a choice and they are Oklahoma Sooner fans, I think they would rather have Brent Venables than Lincoln Riley. I, I legitimately mean that. But... I do think this is significant. Uh, Kansas, coming off a bye week, Oklahoma 10-point favorite on the road at Kansas. This may be a crazy decision. This may be a ludicrous decision. This may be a question that leads you to say, what in the world are you thinking, Clay Travis? I'm on Kansas, plus 10. Penn State, not good. Ugly offensively. I believe they're the only top 25 team that doesn't have an offensive play of 40-plus yards all season. Indiana, not good at football. It is almost basketball season, blessedly, if you're an Indiana Hoosiers fan. Penn State hosting Indiana. This line is huge, over 30 points. I think Penn State's going to win by over 40. Coming off of the disaster performance that was Ohio State to help to get ready for Michigan coming to town in what will be a, hey, we're Penn State and we still matter, I think Penn State blows out Indiana. I love the Nittany Lions here. Virginia. Virginia under Tony Elliott has been getting a little bit better. Uh, Early in the season, they were getting blown out. The last three ACC games, lost by three to NC State, three to Boston College, then came out of nowhere, won by a 24 or so point uh, underdog, beat, came out and beat North Carolina at North Carolina. Now UVA's on the road at Miami. I've got UVA plus 18 and a half in this one. Texas, Quinn Ewers, injured shoulder. He's going to be out multiple weeks. 
what in the world is going on here? This is a big story that deserves a lot of attention uh, as it pertains to Texas's ability to stay with only one loss, advance to the Big 12, hopefully get Quinn Ewers back healthy for the Big 12 title game. I have got, I've got BYU though. BYU got five turnovers, got the win over Texas Tech last weekend. The, the Cougars, as I said in my pick, they aren't all just on 6-3 in Austin. I think this is going to be a much closer game. Texas plays it close to the vest, low scoring, numbers too high. I got BYU plus the 17.5. South Carolina at Texas A&M. Texas A&M sitting at 4-3, and three, hit the bye week, coming off the loss to Tennessee. South Carolina sitting at 2-5, and five, lost at Missouri. I think South Carolina is going to win three in a row to get ready for their game against Clemson, which I also think they'll have a decent chance of winning. But first, Texas A&M, I believe, is going to cover the 14. Two weeks to get ready. A lot of pressure on Jimbo Fisher. Back in College Station, I think the Aggies get the win by over 14. Duke at Louisville, two really good defenses. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Uh, Under 46.5 is the play in Louisville. Georgia, Florida. Gator fans have been saying, Clay, we're 5-2. and two. You're giving us no respect whatsoever. I'm taking the Gators plus 14.5 and the over 48.5 in this game. I think Georgia and Florida will have a fun one. 35-24 is how I see this game shaking out. Bulldogs win. Don't cover the big number of 14.5 and the over hits. Oregon at Utah. Utah in the position of redefining their offense. They went out on the road and they won a bunch of, uh, they scored a bunch of points on the road against USC. Uh, I think there's going to be points raining down a plenty in the Oregon at Utah game. I've got the over 48 and a half as the Ducks try to get to the Pac 12 title game with only one loss and play a default playoff game against Washington and what they hope will be a rematch. Tennessee against Kentucky. Tap the vein, boys and girls. Tennessee, I, 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 they're going to clip this and they're going to use it if I'm wrong here. But I believe I'm still right. I think Tennessee is better than Kentucky at every position group. That is, Tennessee has a better offensive line. Maybe wide receivers, Kentucky could be better. But Tennessee has a better offensive line. I believe they have a better quarterback, better running backs, better defensive line, better linebackers, and better secondary. Maybe Kentucky potentially has better wide receivers, although I think there's pretty good talent at wide receiver for Tennessee as well. Tennessee on the road at night. It's Kentucky Super Bowl, but I think Tennessee wins by double digits. Uh, Ohio State at Wisconsin. I'm taking the Badgers plus the big point total here, plus 14 and a half. There you have it. 11 different winners for you on the college football weekend. Big breakdown coming with that for Kelly and uh, Kelly in Vegas, Kelly Stewart tomorrow. All right, uh, the Republicans, your long national nightmare is over. They have picked a new Speaker of the House. His name is Mike Johnson. He is from Louisiana. I would not have recognized him. You would not have recognized him. No one has any idea who Mike Johnson is, but after three weeks of uncertainty, we have got a new Speaker. Um, wanted to talk about this. Well, first, let me talk about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is evidently not playing this weekend. I don't know if you saw Brady Quinn and Deshaun Watson's personal uh, quarterback coach. Uh, This guy always gets involved in social media, and he ends up embarrassing himself. Uh, Quincy Avery is his name. 
uh, Brady Quinn, obviously former Notre Dame and Cleveland Brown quarterback. I just, is what Quincy Avery said, he's mad because Brady Quinn asked, had the audacity to ask why Deshaun Watson is not playing. Quincy Avery, I'm reading their Twitter exchange. I just seen you Saturday. I don't have anything I want to talk to you about. Brady invited him on the radio show. I'm telling you, you're talking about things you don't know. Talking on another man who doesn't know you is weak. Uh, Brady said, well, I didn't see you. Point being, uh, and Brady responded, how about we massage this conversation and get it to a happy ending? Does that sound satisfactory? I shared this interaction, and this dude, Quincy Avery, kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and I don't even know who the dude is. Um, uh, I really don't. I think he's like a quarterback's coach or something. He's he's kind of chirped at me off and on uh, some, but I'll read you what he said to me, uh, which is kind of a crazy, uh, crazy take in general, uh, I think. Um, but he, he sent something out. Uh, and I want to make sure that I get this right. Uh, I I shared what I just read to you, and Quincy Avery texted me, been told you what it was with you. That was his response to me. Very eloquent, very well said. Quincy Avery, Deshaun Watson's official fluffer, uh, says, been told you what it was with you, and I just, Quincy Avery, I hope you get the grundle loose. I hope Deshaun Watson is back soon. I hope you get the good workout in. I hope you get his grundle nice and loose so he can pivot, so he can swivel well. Uh, And in addition to being his quarterback's coach, you can be the professional grundle massager. Uh, So uh, Quincy Avery, good luck getting Deshaun Watson back on the field. But this turned into a mess. I think you can argue now. I don't think it's a crazy argument at this point in time. Now, maybe it changes. Maybe Deshaun Watson starts playing like a all-pro quarterback. This is potentially the worst quarter, the worst contract in the history of the NFL. The Browns gave Deshaun Watson over $200 million guaranteed. And right now he is not playing like a top 30 quarterback in the NFL. There's all sorts of disputes about how badly he is actually hurt. He came in, he got hit, they pulled him from the game uh, against the Colts. He is not practicing today. It doesn't appear that he's going to play. He set out for a full year because they hurt his feelings in Houston. Uh, And then he got accused by uh, 30 different women of inappropriate massage tactics, of sexual assault, of inappropriate contact, whatever you want to say. And now he's come back. He had an 11-game suspension. He was awful last year. He's come back. We're halfway through this year, and he's been awful again. Uh, so this is, I think if the Browns could just be like, Hey, can we get out of this contract? I think they'd be out of it. I believe they are locked into him for another three years. Uh, and it doesn't look like Deshaun Watson is ever going to get back to being a high caliber quarterback, which means this is the most Browns contract imaginable. Uh, I saw this story and this actually made me profoundly sad. So look, I went to uh, George Washington University. I was an undergrad there. They gave me a scholarship. It's about four or five blocks down from the White House. Uh, I enjoyed my time being a college kid in Washington, D.C. I enjoyed my time at GW. Hey, Clay Travis right here. Outkick the show is dominating. We're continuing to roll. More coming back in a moment, but first, this. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie. 
your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Last night, some modern-day GW college kids shined this, among other messages, on the side of the, uh, on the, side of the GW uh, library. Uh, it's the Gelman Library. I don't expect most of you to know that. Gelman Library... Uh, the money to build it, donated by survivors of the Holocaust. So the Gelman Library is in the center of GW's campus. GW has, I don't know what the percentage was when I was there. I think it was close to half of the student body is Jewish. It's still like 30% Jewish. So GW has one of the highest percentages of Jewish student bodies anywhere in the country. And these kids who are evidently defending Hamas put on the side of the board, uh, side of the building, glory to our martyrs, divestment from Zionist genocide now. You can go see these pictures on my Twitter feed. Free Palestine from the river to the sea. Uh, This is on the side of the library in the center of campus up on the wall. Uh, They were forced to stop doing it because this is not evidently allowed. I don't recall ever seeing this happen when I was on the college campus. It may have, you know, meaning messages portrayed on the side of the student library. Maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. Uh, My point on this is a while back I went off on GW because they removed the colonial moniker. We were the George Washington Colonials. And our mascot, for those of you who don't know, which probably most of you, was a big cartoonish George Washington figure. Uh, And the idea of being the Colonials was the kids are like in the Colonial Army. So sometimes people would wear those tri-corner hats in the stands. There's a connection. George Washington was the general in charge of the Colonial Army. So we were the George Washington Colonials. Last year and a half or so, some of the students and some of the faculty decided that that was unacceptable because of a connection to colonialism and also to connection to colonizer colonize. Now, I said at the time, as a history major who graduated from GW, the purpose of a college is to educate. And what adults should have said to the kids who were making these demands is as follows. 
we were in the colonial army in the United States. We were fighting for our independence. This is the opposite of colonialism. We were on the side of fighting for our freedom against Great Britain. They were the colonizers. We were the colonials who were attempting to have uh, our own uh, right to freedom, our own democracy, our own republic. That's what intelligent people on a campus would have said. They would have said, no, this is a stupid demand. Instead, they made the choice, GW did, to change the name. I think they're like the GW revolutionaries now, which I don't dislike. But the precedent that you set is that these coddled idiot kids who make a demand on a college campus, instead of you doing what the job of a university is, which is to educate the ignorant, those who do not know any better about why they are wrongheaded, you decided to coddle them, you decided to negotiate with them, and you made a change that was totally unnecessary. And so I said at the time, you might probably are not going to be surprised by this. When I sold OutKick, my phone started ringing a lot. Vanderbilt University Law School. They suddenly had a lot of interest in getting money from me. George Washington University. A lot of interest in getting money from me. My own high school, Martin Luther King Magnet. It is a public high school. All of a sudden, they want money. When your alma maters find out that you are rich, they quickly figure out what your phone number is, how to get in touch with you, and they try to have meetings to get you to give money. So GW called me, and I said, hey, thanks. I enjoyed my time there. You gave, guys gave me a scholarship. I appreciate it. I graduated, by the way, in three years. I've got a brick on campus. I actually just walked through the campus last week when we were doing the radio show. The brick is still there. And I told them, I said, I'm not going to donate money because you allowed these idiot kids to get you to change the name Colonials. And some people were upset with me. They were saying, well, why would you make that decision, Clay? And I said, this is symptomatic of a rot at the foundation of the institution. And the, the kids putting glory to our martyrs on the side of GW's campus and the protests that we have seen as a result in favor of Hamas are indicative, I think, of the university being captured by far left-wing ideology. It was not that way. There were a lot of college Republicans. There were a lot of college Democrats. When I was in college there, every opinion was welcome. There would not have been this kind of celebration of terrorists. I graduated right before 9-11. I was a first-year law student at Vanderbilt, when 9-11 happened, I still had monster number of friends on the campus at GW who were standing inside on the roof of the buildings around uh, GW and were able to see the smoke coming from the Pentagon, which is just across the Potomac River in northern Virginia in the wake of those terror attacks. I had a girlfriend on campus at GW who was still an undergrad at the time. I went to the top of her building and I remember looking out and seeing that smoke soon after 9-11 as, uh, as, as seeing the pictures of it and seeing everything that happened. I don't want to sound like Joe Biden. I wasn't walking around in the, in the dustbin of, uh, uh, in, the, in the fallen parts of, uh, of, uh, of 
But I did experience it. I did know what it was like, and I was a college kid there. I said, this is wrong. There would have never been a rally supporting the terrorists after 9-11. And whatever your perspective is, there's good, there's evil, and the terrorists who killed 1,400 people are evil. And GW, with a population, no matter how many Jewish kids there were on campus, no matter how many Jewish alums there were, uh, should be able to point out evil and call it out. And so I would say this, and I already tweeted it, I would ask other George Washington University alums to join me in refusing to make any donations to the university. Uh, the more money you can give and you help hold back, the more influential you will be. Uh, I think you have to send a message to the administration that this will not be counted. Now, I don't want kids kicked out of school. I don't like that precedent of, hey, you don't have the right opinion, you should be kicked out. But I do think the university should speak with moral clarity on this issue and let it be known that the university does not stand for terror. And the university will not in any way endorse the murder of 1,400 innocent people in Israel. And the university will not support idiot uh, uh, college kids with idiotic decisions. And that, in fact, we believe those opinions that they shined on the library are abhorrent, indefensible, and without the support, 1 billion percent of anyone in the administration at GW. And by the way, we're also turning the GW uh, mascot back to the Colonials because we now see that this was symptomatic of the rot here and we're not going to allow this institution to be coddled and run by imbeciles and ignorant kids. That's what should happen. And uh, until that happens, I'm not giving them a dollar. Uh, Bud Light is now back in business with the UFC. I think they were in the business before. A lot of people talking about this. I actually don't blame Bud Light. Their business was destroyed. It effectively no longer exists. They've lost like 30% of their business. They have no profit anymore. Nobody at any of the tailgates that I'm going to will even be seen holding a Bud Light. Nobody at any of the bars that I go to will be even be seen holding a Bud Light. Uh, and so Bud Light, what they should do is say, yeah, we screwed up. We never should have done that. Uh, we believe that men are men and women are women. And I think their sales would go back up. They're afraid to say that. But what they're basically doing is trying to align themselves with the most masculine products imaginable. Uh, and in their mind, the UFC and Dana White is super masculine. And so they're attempting to roll back everything they did to destroy their brand by going all in with the UFC and potentially, according to reports, paying over $100 million to the UFC. I don't blame the UFC for taking the money because I do think that this fits the UFC brand. That is, they like to drink beer. Um, and Dana White's perspective on this, I understand as well, which is this brand wants to be able to reach back to their consumer. I don't think it's enough. Candidly, I don't think it's going to be enough. I think it's going to be a long, drawn-out, very long battle to see whether this brand is ever going to be able to get back to any kind of significant share uh, going forward. Uh, finally, and I'm about to hop on to... And I'll talk about this maybe more tomorrow when I don't have to jump off so fast to go get on Fox News. Uh, and I'm going to be talking about this GW incident, by the way. Uh, 545,000 New Yorkers have moved to other states. 91,000 to Florida, 31,000 to California, 30,000 to Texas. What is going on here? I believe what is going on uh, is what is a continuation of my thesis that I've had out there for a while. Red is getting redder and blue is getting bluer. That is, if you lived in a blue state like New York and you are paying 15% tax for the privilege of living in New York City or Los Angeles, 
you're finally saying this makes no sense. And I don't think it's coincidental that states like Florida, Texas, and Tennessee uh, are increasing massively the number of people who live there because we have no state income tax. The more money you make, the more sense it makes to live in a state income tax-free zone. And this is what's scary, I think, to New York, California, Illinois, Chicago area in particular. The people that are leaving are the wealthiest, the people who pay the most taxes because they benefit the most by going somewhere else. Google works because they have built a virtual flywheel that is very effective. What do I mean by that? I mean that every time you use Google, the Google search engine becomes more effective. Their algorithm becomes better at giving you the search results that you are desiring. Okay? Every single time that you use it, it becomes more effective. The opposite can also be true, and I think you're seeing it right now in these big cities that are slowly collapsing and in these states that are hemorrhaging the number of residents that they have. They are losing their tax dollars. As they lose their tax dollars, they become less safe, they become less desirable as places to live, and that flywheel of negativity spins in the opposite direction. Things get better every time you do a Google search. Every time somebody leaves New York, California, or the Chicago area, moves to a new state, things get worse there, and things get better in Tennessee, Texas, Florida. What I am seeing is the people who are moving are trying to make red redder, and they are actually trying to ensure that what makes a state like Tennessee or Texas or Florida such a desirable place to live remains that way. All right. I love all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I am Clay Travis. This has been OutKick, the show. Tomorrow we'll have the fade with Kelly in Vegas and me breaking down everything in the NFL and in college football as we get ready for that weekend. Uh, And I hope all of you have absolutely scintillating, positive, and sterling Wednesday. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP.